I am very excited and delighted to tell you that your chronic illness ally is once again enrolling. If you're new around here, your chronic illness ally is the supportive home, the program, the community and the coaching space for you to learn how to reframe the role that your chronic illness plays in your life. It guides you off of that conveyor belt of constantly trying to fix and heal your chronic illness and teaches you how to tap into the wisdom of your body that's being communicated via your chronic illness so that you can channel it, channel that wisdom, channel that intelligence into living the big, beautiful life you dream about. If you enjoy this podcast, you will certainly love your chronic illness ally. There is a link to it in the show notes, but let me tell you, the funnest way to learn more about it is to do my quiz. And once you've done that, pop your email in at the end to learn more. And then sit back as I help you explore your unique support style, which will help you make an informed choice about whether your chronic illness ally is a hell yes fit for you. Welcome to the Reframing Chronic Illness podcast with me, Alana Holloway, chronic illness coach, podcaster and writer. This is the place to listen to, think about and question the common narrative that surrounds what a life with chronic illness looks like. Moving away from the fix, reject, fight, resist narrative, you'll find loads of stuff here about how chronic illness can be your guide, ally and superpower. It's my belief that chronic illness can actually be a really valued thing in our lives. This podcast and my work as a coach is all about helping you explore that value and purpose and opening yourself up to the idea that working with your chronic illness can lead you towards a more joyful, peaceful, healing and fulfilled life. Before I get going, I want to talk about something really exciting. So you may know I have a flagship or signature program called Your Chronic Illness Ally. I've decided to open the doors to this only two times a year and the next one is coming up. I'm planning this really juicy um, launch period and I'm really looking forward to getting into a lot of the content that I'm going to be sharing Um, and there is going to be a waitlist opening for this next intake. If you are interested in this program if it's something that you'd like to explore more or hear more about hop on over to my website and put yourself on my mailing list because my mailing list will be the first place to get news of the waitlist which will then give you earlier access to join your chronic illness ally and in the next couple of weeks I will be releasing more information. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello my loves and welcome back to another episode of season three of the Reframing Chronic Illness podcast. I've taken another break um, so I'm back after a couple of weeks because honestly 
I just had a really bad cold and my voice wasn't up to recording, neither was I. So I thought I'd give it a break and come back when I was good and ready. So today I am talking all about the seasons of the chronic illness cycle and as we come out of summer, how the things I've done in the summer of my chronic illness. Um, The irony of me recording this episode as I'm wrapped in a blanket is not lost on me. As we transition from summer into autumn in this part of the world, I'm looking back at how I've lived my life in a really deeply chronic illness informed way during the summer of my chronic illness cycle. But before I go any further, I think I need to rewind a bit and explain my thoughts and my beliefs about the chronic illness cycle because it's not something it's not I don't think it's something that's really um talked about if even known about right honestly I've never had anybody talk about it before and it's something that I put a name to so who knows but I believe like in many other parts of nature and our bodies we have the ability to experience chronic illness as part of a cycle with a spring, a summer, an autumn and a winter. That's what I call them. You can call them whatever you like. Um, But this theory can be experienced wherever you're at with your chronic illness. Whether you're still living within the chronic illness struggle, that kind of very um, mainstream status quo understanding of how to live with chronic illness or whether you're living with your chronic illness as your ally and your guide cycles can still apply but one way will look different from the other so within the chronic illness struggle you'll likely experience life on the chronic illness roller coaster I talked a bit about that in the past couple of episodes but you know there's no predicting what turn your chronic illness will take next, where the peaks and troughs of both the symptomatic manifestation of your chronic illness and your overall energy are really frequent and extreme. You know, one minute you can feel fine, the next minute you can be in a deep flare. Where where you just don't know where you're at from one moment from one moment to the next. When life is like this, you do still experience seasons but you don't get the chance to really settle in to to them and how to use them to your advantage. I suppose it's like having all kinds of weathers, which we are all experiencing over the world, you know, with the climate the way it is. All kinds of weathers in, you know, one week and you don't know what to wear or whether to have the heating on or off or the kinds of activities you might be able to do or the food you want to eat and so on, you know seasons change so much of how we instinctively want to live our lives and we can really use them to our advantage if we know they are present. Within the struggle you can still use your seasons to guide you but it's in more more of a reactive way and one that doesn't really leave much room for progression or growth. Really you you're able to use them on a kind of recovery and repair level. Within allyship, you get to use your seasons to your advantage. 
you can somewhat plan for them because over time you gather knowledge and data um, and a very good idea of when they're going to come. This is life off of the chronic illness roller coaster. It bucks the story that chronic illnesses are unpredictable, quote unquote, and allows you to plan. It allows you to live proactively and progress and grow and evolve and experience your body and this life in the way you want to. Now, all of those things are, you know, we're told stories that progression and growth and evolution and success in life with chronic illness is is difficult or impossible or whatever, you know, but it's not. It's just the way we're living with chronic illness makes it really difficult or impossible. So taking that into account, today I'm going to be talking about how I have evolved and grown and experimented with myself, my body, my life in quite an active outward way during this fertile, resilient and energetic season of my chronic illness. I do want to say, of course, growth and evolution still happen in winter, but more beneath the surface in an inward way. You know, think trees, think plants, what happens to them as they transition from summer to autumn to winter. Something I was told last year, and I loved it, was, you know, in the winter, there are no leaves on trees and, well, apart from evergreen ones, but, you know, um, we're not talking about those. Um, You know, you see the buds and they haven't even come out of their brown shell yet. They just look like little lumps. But all of those, all of the energy is being put into those, those tiny little buds so that come spring and come summer, they can really bloom and put on a huge show. Um, And it's just really nice to notice those things during winter, to notice that growth is still happening. Um, But that was a bit of a tangent. So Although I tend to experience my seasons in line with the seasons of nature, I know this isn't the case for all of you. But having knowledge of your cycle is so helpful in living in a more aligned, chronic illness-informed way and helpful in life overall. I will be honest, I didn't enter this summer by saying, I want to do these things because I'm in the summer of my chronic illness and I know that I've got you know, more energy and I'm more resilient and whatever. Um, The understanding of what has happened and what has unfolded over this season has very much come in hindsight. And, you know, sometimes I think in an ideal world, I would have gone into summer knowing that, you know, in a very kind of organised, strategic way. But sometimes things get in the way of being able to plan, especially when you are experiencing that, that kind of frenetic energy of summer, right? But... And that's okay. Summer allows for a bit of a fly by the seat of your pants action. And I am celebrating, actually, how instinctive it's been to live in that way. How all the kind of living in a chronic illness-informed way over winter and autumn and, you know, even somewhat spring has, the beginning of spring, really allowed for me to live in that really free way. Um, And perhaps that it will happen in exactly the same way next summer. But I'm also taking note and heading into autumn and winter, 
with the aim to be a bit more strategic and plan a bit more and with flexibility of course and room for room for experimentation um and I'll be sharing how I'm going to do that in the next episode um because I know that if I am a bit more strategic heading into these seasons that that planning will come back to me tenfold because they're very much influenced by that foundational growth repair under the surface inward healing and and like very vitamin rich right so that's where I'm at so let's get into it let's see what I did over the summer maybe some of you will be able to relate to this maybe not it's funny sometimes I have to remind myself that I'm talking to my people and not to people who don't live with chronic illness because you know this information would land differently with different people. So number one, I have experimented with sport and exercise. Um, I'm not really like a genetically sporty person. Let's let's say that I've had sports throughout my life that I've got really into, um, and with that has come like phases in my life where I've been very active. Um, but over the past, over this past decade, you know, on and off. I have had periods where I've been really active and then I've had periods when I've been extremely inactive and the way I exercise and move my body have, has changed as well. Um, what's interesting to to notice is that I am way more understanding of the way my body responds to movement and exercise now um, in that I know that the prescriptive way of doing things or the trendy way of doing things, let's take hip for example, does not work for my body. It causes way too much inflammation and eventually causes a decline in the expression of my chronic illness. So knowing that I've been quite uh, mindful of the kind of movement and exercise that I've done and sometimes that has resulted in me choosing not to do anything at all, which also isn't great for my body in many ways of course you know it's not great for anybody's not anybody's body not to move (laughs) that much um but also what I've understood is that I really love that external motivation I really love community within exercise and movement and so trying to bring all of that information into the fold I've started moving my body in a way that has historically now this is sounds a bit crazy but historically caused me that inflammation and that flare But I've gone into it with a really clear outline of how I need to approach it. So before when I did CrossFit, I did it in a very prescriptive way. I did it in the way that, you know, was everybody was doing it. Um, But this time I'm going back and I'm actually going back for the community. I'm going back for the equipment and I'm going back for the guidance on the kind of movements that I can do, for example. Also, I know I really love to exercise in quite raw environments like I do outdoor swimming, for example. I rode throughout a lot of my early 20s and late teens. Um, And all of those were quite like cold, outdoor, raw environments. And I actually really thrive in that environment as opposed to quite a a, um, manicured gym, for example. So I've taken all of that information and... I'm trying 
and seeing how my body responds to moving and I love weightlifting so how does my body respond to weightlifting how does my body how am I able to go to these sessions and not pay attention to what anybody else is doing not pay attention to the you know outline of how you might want to approach an exercise or a workout for example but actually how can I take their you know the information or the outline of the exercise that workout and adapt it to be what my body needs so I'm about a month into that um and it's been interesting to observe what my energy does after after a workout um and I've noticed it's it really dips and I get extremely tired that probably is a combination of I suspect that's a combination of just it being a new thing for me um you know in this kind of phase or and perhaps how my particular body responds to that kind of movement what the summer of my chronic illness cycle allows me to do is not fear that this will put me into a deep flare that lasts a long time because I know my body is a bit more resilient at the moment. It bounces back a bit more um, at the moment. And so I felt very comfortable experimenting with that kind of exercise. I'm going to keep going with it. And I'm I'm cushioning these workouts with a long time to, you know, stretch and settle back into my body with breath work to settle my nervous system and come out of that sympathetic branch of my nervous system and swing into the parasympathetic branch I'm having cold showers afterwards um all things that I know for my body will help me settle back down so we'll see how that goes but it's been great to move my body again in a way that allows me to feel strong and capable um as I'm aging I'm noticing you know things hurt a bit more and I'm less flexible all things that I don't love and I know that weight training and stretching are going to help with that. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how it goes and watch this space on if I continue, if it continues to exhaust me or whether um, as I become stronger and fitter, that tiredness will level out. Number two, I have been getting my nails done and started to wear makeup again Um the makeup thing not all the time like very rarely in fact but I've enjoyed wearing makeup again and although it sounds superficial it is anything but superficial um so for so long I couldn't I couldn't and didn't wear makeup because my skin couldn't handle wearing makeup but also I didn't think I was worth wearing makeup looking into the mirror and seeing my face I didn't enjoy that. I didn't want to draw attention to myself. I didn't want to adorn myself. Um, I didn't want people to look at me. And so wearing, not wearing makeup was a way of me hiding. It was a way of ignoring that I. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. 
real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Thought anything about beauty. And that, re- that really makes me sad to think back to those times. And now that I'm starting to wear makeup when I fancy it again, and it is not, I want to make it really clear, it's not coming from a place of lack. It's coming from a place of expression um, and excitement and enjoyment and, and attention to myself, self-care and self-love, right? It's really coming from that place. Um I've enjoyed it so much um and getting my nails done I never I've you know nail varnish has always really irritated my skin so being able to look at my hands look down at my hands and see something see a flash of color is the nicest thing ever um as a side note it's really helped me with kind of habitual scratching um of my skin and you know they've been blunter so I haven't been able to to do that so much but also I like the look of my hands again um I didn't like the look of my hands for so long because of the eczema on them um they were swollen and puffy and flaky and red and all sorts and I again it was something I wanted to hide and I'm a person that talks with my hands and I'd always be so self-conscious of of showing those you know my hands near my face near my mouth where people were looking um so now being able to have my nails done and going in to a salon and being having you know attention focused on my body and giving myself that time is so it's just so full of compassion and love and care and I love that again 
the way the reason I've done this kind of in the summer I have been you know I felt really comfortable doing these things these outward expressions of growth and and development and progression in in the direction that I want my life to move in you know in that self-love self-care um wanting wanting people to see me for who I am you know all of that um I felt so much more comfortable doing that in the summer of my chronic illness because the fear of having a reaction for example to to having my nails done or to putting makeup on my face and and my skin reacting is so much less in the summer when I know that the sun is out and I'll heal a lot quicker than I might do in winter when I'm lacking in vitamin D and sunshine and warmth and all of that um when the dry heat of the inside versus the cold of the outside is already aggravating to skin you know and now that I know that my body is cool with it I can continue into the winter again with that curious mindset with that experimental mindset of if it stops working that's fine it's not a failure it's not anything right it just is number three I have I bought some canvases and some paints um, because I've just really enjoyed painting again. I did a a creative degree. I have, you know, I'm very kind of artistic, creative in that way. And when your chronic illness is all consuming, having these parts of joy in your life, doing the things that you love in your life, you just don't do because you just don't want to, quite honestly. Um, and you'll know that if, you know, if you've ever experienced that or, Maybe I'm saying that and you're realising for the first time that joy is not a part of your life right now. And if so, I'm sending you lots of love. Um, wanting to bring those things back in again, knowing, you know, that's so much to do with self-worth and self-love and self-enjoyment again. All of these things, as I say, can seem extremely superficial, but they are not. They are so much of a reflection of the way you feel about yourself, of the way you feel about the life you're living, etc. And it's a really good exercise in in not needing things to be perfect and not needing to have a set outcome of letting letting your mood and your emotions or whatever take you in a direction. And that's such a good way of translating something you can also do with your body you know seeing how your body goes and following the lead of your body following the guide of your chronic illness for example um but wanting to bring this part of joy back in my life this more conscious um conscious joy this present being present it's a really big thing um and I'm loving it I'm loving doing it number four I've been socializing more um you'll know again <laughs> i'm speaking to preaching to the choir here but when you are living in that very reactive roller coaster struggle way with your chronic illness socializing can just feel like another chore quite honestly right you know that it can feel like just another thing you've got to do and that's going to take the your very very pre- precious energy to do um And yet it's something you really want to do. It's just actually you, you end up weighing up like, can I, can I handle doing this? 
right? Summer is, of course, a very social time anyway. And what I've really enjoyed is saying yes without fear, saying yes and being able to trust myself that I entrust my body that I won't have to cancel at the last minute or I won't have to spend the week leading up to the social event tossing up in my head. How do I cancel? Do I cancel? Do I wait until the last minute? Do I do it now? Do I see how I feel? What am I going to say if I do? Will they judge me? Blah, 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 blah. I haven't had any of that. I've been able to say yes and I've been able to trust that yes. And when I've done whatever socialising it is, whether it's going away for a weekend with friends, whether it's going to weddings, whether it's meeting up on a weekend or whatever, I have, it's just been the pure enjoyment of that thing. Um, over the years, I've really learned, I've, you know, I've come from that place of of almost not wanting to socialise because of the energy and because of the fallout of that, of that socialising. And I've step by step you know I started by cushioning those those um events with rest and recuperation before and afterwards I had I then kind of moved I then also understood the kinds of things that you know I would want to say yes to and actually the things that were just no's anyway and I I put in boundaries and I said no and now I'm in a stage where you know I know my boundaries I know what I want to do and what I don't want to do but I also know that the things that are yeses are real yeses, you know, they're big yeses. And being able to do those without a big fallout afterwards is just lush. I love it. Number five, now this might sound like a funny one, has been petting dogs. So I grew up with dogs. And then when my skin, when I moved, when I moved away from home and my skin got very bad, I developed a real severe allergy to dogs. I think the allergy was always there. Um, but living with dogs, somehow it, um, wasn't present. I don't know. There's a theory on that somewhere, but, um, I love dogs. I would love to have a dog in the future. So this is a goal of mine, right? Is to have a dog in the future. And I know you can get hypoallergenic ones, but I'm always afraid that I'd get one and would be allergic and that would be the worst thing ever. So, um, step by step, I'm trying to kind of, build up a bit of a resilience to that you know to being able to be around dogs or again this theory that the that the allergy can become more dormant the more time I spend with with dogs um in the summer again of my chronic illness when I know that I'm more resilient when you spend more time outside so um that's always a better environment for me to be around dogs anyway um you know I can I can do that in the winter or summer no problem um but I've actually like been stroking dogs and touching dogs recently and oh my god it is so brilliant and I haven't you know had to had to haven't had come up with a reaction on my skin or um taken antihistamine in some occasions because I don't love taking them and it has been lovely and it's given me confidence that next summer because I'd imagine in the winter I'll probably I think maybe we'll see I don't know my allergy might come up again because that has historically happened. So I know that might happen and that's okay because I'm, I'm preparing for that. Um, but next summer, I might find that I can pet dogs a bit more. And, you know, in the future, maybe I'll be able to get a dog. And I'm thankful for knowing that in the summer of my chronic illness and also the summer of the summer, 
that's something that I've been able to do and that's something that I've been able to do consciously right and and intentionally to work towards that bigger goal and that's so important because again when we're in the depths of the chronic illness struggle we don't set ourselves goals and we don't think we can work towards goals because a it seems like such a huge mountain to climb but b you know we're kind of being told that this is our life and we just got to get on with it right and that's not cool that's not true that's not fair any of it you can work towards the things you want um so they're just five of the things that I've done this summer that have helped that are helping me to work towards the kind of body that I want to live in the kind of life that I want to I want to experience and the kind of way I want to feel about myself and all of it right um and there have been more I've been reading those and been thinking you know reading those out to you and been thinking oh and and there was that and there was that and how cool is it that there's lots and lots of things um so wherever you are in your chronic illness cycle now you might be about to head into your summer I know plenty of people who experience their winter in the seasonal summer in you know the weather-based summer or whatever um so you might be heading into your summer and you might be thinking oh so this episode might have made you you know consider how you can what you want out of your summer what you want out of your chronic illness summer and how you can live or if you're coming off the back of a summer and heading into autumn and winter like me um think about how you want to live your winter so that you lay those foundations so that you you know you become that bud growing on that tree and you're putting all of your nutrients and energy into that so that come summer you can bloom and blossom and flourish to the fullness of your imagination think about all that stuff i'll be really interested to see how things change and evolve over the autumn and winter of my chronic illness cycle and if my symptoms change and how this reflects in the way that I live my life and how I live it to be symbiotically supportive of both myself, my needs, my wants, but also my chronic illness and my chronic illness's needs. I'll also be really interested to see how this winter is different to last winter because of course no two seasons are the same. Um, you know, I'm going into it expecting a few things but they might not happen because the way I've lived my summer might change that hopefully for the better that's the aim but we will see I will update you this cyclical way is a much longer term view much more sustainable view um, and theory of how to live life with chronic illness it moves past the notion of how do I get rid of these things and these symptoms and these feelings quickly so that I can get on with living my life it's like how can I instead it's how can I bring my chronic illness into the fold of my life and live in a in a way that both gives and receives support how can I lean into the way my body expresses itself at any given moment and approach with curiosity it's accepting of the knowledge that chronic illness is something we live with. It's not something that stops us living. And it's not something that says we can only live when it's not present. It's taking the idea of living in a chronic illness informed way, which means, you know, living in a chronic illness informed way is a question. It's how do we give and how do we receive and how do we approach anything, right? In a way that is aligned to the needs of ourselves our bodies our chronic illness 
and applying that to all of the wider and bigger desires you have for yourself and your life and your body and believing that your chronic illness is something that's here to help you, not hinder you. I mean, how cool is it, right, that we get, with our chronic illnesses, we are, we are built with another guidance system that is standard, it's a standard feature of us if we choose to see it in that way. You know, if we were a car, that would be an add-on, right? Take the phases of the moon and the seasonal cycles and menstrual cycles, if you have them, you know, that everybody else gets to to use to help them. We just get another one, our chronic illness cycle. I hope that's been helpful to you um, and has perhaps offered you a different perspective if you have any thoughts or questions on that, please let me know. Just send me an email. Um, I'd love to hear from you. I'm not on Instagram much anymore, so a DM won't go far, but email is the way. Um, and if you have enjoyed this episode, please do leave a rating and a review. And if you're not subscribed already, do that. It really, really helps to get this podcast out there into the wider world. And it helps me to make sure that I can keep doing it. Sending lots of love to you today, wherever you are, whether you're wrapped in a blanket or packing away your jumpers. Until next time. Time for me to tell you about my newsletter. It's honestly one of my most favourite things to do within this business. It's a place where you can connect with me more deeply, where you can connect with how chronic illness shows up in your life more deeply. I share a lot of my personal experience um, with life with chronic illness over there. And it's also a place you can find out how you can work with me, what projects I've got going on, um, what programs I'm running, whether I've got one-to-one space, all of that good stuff. Um, you can sign up via the link in show notes or by visiting alanaholloway.com forward slash newsletter. Bringing on board the right kind of support can be the missing piece of the puzzle that so many of us don't realise we actually need. What would you do if you had the most epic support squad by your side? What would that unleash in you and what would it make possible for you in your life? If you're wondering how to start figuring that out, if you've got no idea where to start, I've got the perfect thing for you. My quiz, are you more Michelle, Gaga or Mindy? And what would their support squad unleash in you is now live. You can find the link to it in the show notes and in the bio. Don't wait another moment. Hop on over to the quiz to find out who you're channeling now.